Welcome to Different Gravy, not just another Sheffield Wednesday podcast. My name is Richard Miller. I'm one of the hosts and my co-host thinks I haven't noticed him slowly turning this into an ice hockey podcast, Dr. Luke Gledall. How are you doing today, Luke? I don't know what you're talking about, Rich. I, I just think we need to talk about the, you know, the, the periods. Um, tactical periodization goes into three periods, I think. And uh, just keep our stick on the I don't know. I don't know. I don't really understand uh, ice hockey, truly. Um, so you actually even make a half-decent ice hockey podcast. Anyway, um, I'm doing well, Rich. How are you? Uh, good, yes. Uh, yes. I have some fun big... personal news to share. Um, I took my first driving lesson midweek Ooh. and pretty much drove for two straight hours. Oh, and, um, I'm here to decree on the podcast. Luke is going to make an announcement that's basically... Driving is like grown-up Mario Kart, and uh, it's quite fun. And I did often have the Mario Circuit theme in my head while I was uh, razzing around the northeast of Calgary. And um, th- though I did miss out on some of the shortcuts, but uh, Sajit said, don't worry, Luke, we'll get him next time. Brilliant. Uh, did you get to sort of Banana Skin 101, till any turtle shall work? No, I've, I'm just doing a lot of the, you know, reading about the, uh, the tortoise shell um okay. you know uh legislation we have here in alberta so we're just doing a bunch of that right now i mean they keep updating the tortoise shell so it's quite hard to keep up with that uh, you know as an um even as an experienced driver they, they've added a blue one there's a white one i think sometimes it's really <laughs> it's too full on back in my day it was green or red <laughs> have balloons above your head didn't you rich as well yes yes yeah anyway driving it's it's all right <laughs> well it's been a busy old week so i think we should uh we should rattle along into uh our breaking hoo-hoos there's been so much so much happening it's been incredible considering the week before we basically said you know, there wasn't any breaking. Did we even play the drop last week? We did, but there was really... It was the slimmest of pickings, it's got to be said. We just nervously looked at each other across, <laughs> uh, you know, visually across Skype. A little bit like uh, Kylo Ren and Ray from Star Wars. You I and know. I, Rich, just shared the same space to just give it an almighty shrug to each <laughs> other about was there any Wednesday news, because there really wasn't anything like that. Oh, and then we kissed. One of us died. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Um, <laughs> that's when you say the spoiler alert, isn't it? At the end, you get you it. You do, you yeah. In at the end, you and say then you, the you, and then you say to them, and by the way, that's a spoiler. By the way, that's a spoiler. Rich often does that. He often just uh, cocks down his glasses a little bit and just gives a little coy little look of up and says, "And that's now ruined for you." <laughs> Oh, different gravy, spoiling pop culture for everyone. Uh, so so um, we had the hugely exciting uh, cup draw on, on the one show, as promised, but it wasn't, uh, unfortunately, it wasn't Mika Richards doing the, uh, the ball, the ball oh. fumbling. Um, Teddy Sheringham was, uh, was one of them. And I should, oh, this is terrible. I've forgotten who the second person was. A.N. of the footballer. That's that's, that's as far as I'm going to get. I don't even know how to look up who it is, so I'm sorry. Was it um, was it Paul Parker, perhaps? Oh, I don't know. Anyway, we've got Paul Man Parker's, City. 
at Hillsborough. We still don't know when that game's going to be yet. I suspect mm. the um, the all-important TV execs are probably checking or waiting to see who gets through to the next round before they pick and choose their games because they love to put Premier League teams playing each other on, despite the magic of the FA Cup being that everybody plays in the same competition, they really just love to show Arsenal, Newcastle, or some similar load of nonsense. So we'll uh, we'll see. They're definitely going to put the Liverpool kids on. If they manage to beat Shrewsbury somehow, they're going to put those Liverpool kids on the TV. I was disappointed we didn't get the children of Liverpool. I mean, it's a pretty damn good draw. Let's let's kind of have mm. a little bit of reflection here. This is. Yeah. This is top tier stuff. Even though Man City seems to be seems to be one of those rare breeds of Premier League teams that actually you know treats the FA Cup with a modicum of respect, as opposed to uh, Klopp, who uh, you know even though he's got a I don't know a fifteen point lead, whereas at the top of the division, you know he's uh, he's a little bit anxious, so he's going to put some fucking children out. Uh, on, yeah, on on uh, you know to borrow once again from uh, from FIFA, which so closely maps real football. Uh, they could they could sort of leave the control, leave the game running, and uh, go do something in the other room, and still come back and have won the won the league at this stage. Liverpool, mm. <laughs> like nobody is catching them at all ever. So yeah. So anyway, you don't get to have the joy of playing their reserves and then basically having a few players on the bench to come on and try and win it when, uh, you know, they're under the cosh. So basically, um, the entire situation of them replaying a game, it's not... Uh, it's clearly the fixture... There's clearly too many fixtures. It's not the fault of them for putting out an under-par pistol yes, side. exactly. You get some lower-league clodders that are going to come and stick it up you. And have uh, two goals scored by a football player whose nickname is, let me check my notes, uh, Cumdog. Yeah, he didn't count on Cumdog, did he? <laughs> Oh, oh, he's a genius because he wears glasses. Jurgen Klopp's a genius. Well, didn't see old Comdog coming, did he? Bosh, Comdog 1-0. Boosh, Comdog 2-0. <laughs> the Comdog anyway, road so show's on its way to Anfield. I Sorry, I wanted to get off my chest because I'm just, I'm so irked with some of the the toss put out by Jurgen Klopp and me. I think that the problem is also, and this is more of a conversation in general, media and sensationalism. I think when you actually listen to his interview, he's kind of a little bit like, yeah, whatever. He doesn't care. But he he wasn't like damning or thumbing his nose up explicitly as much, you know, as the media made out, you know, from yeah. the articles. But even so, it's a real kind of um, disrespect of the cup competition. Anyway, Man City don't seem to have that. They seem to have professional football players who can play more than, I don't know, one game a week. So (laughs) it's going to be an incredibly tough game. I imagine we're probably going to get fairly comfortably be at home, but it will be televised. It'll be a fun day out. Um, Has there been some kind of overall kind of conversation on Wednesday fans on Twitter? I think there's been a bit of back and forth about people complaining that this is going to really bring some... You know, Wednesday fans out from the uh, from the rafters. Oh, really? I think there has been a little bit about that. I think there's a little bit of a clamor for tickets, even though, like, well, I guess we can't right now because <laughs> you can't sell tickets because you don't know when it's going to be. But when they are going to go on sale, I think apparently it's going to be a bit of a bumper crowd. But it, I, I don't know. It's going to be a fun day out. It'll be a fun time. I'd be very surprised if it's bumper to the point where it's selling out because I think it's going to be a midweek game, which holds things back a little bit. Mm. Um, but yeah, well, it's nice. I think if if we manage to get 
a few more folks than normal. That's uh, that's a nice that's thing fantastic. to have. Yeah, you yeah. know, it's a bit of it's a bit of money in the coffers. Whether it doesn't it much in the, in the drop of everything, but it's nice. It's uh, it's nice to get to this point. It's nice to have this draw. Um, I think it'll be good. Money in the bank for uh, to, to you know move swiftly along. Big marquee signings like Cameron Dawson on four and a half year deals. <laughs> exactly. I do. I think a lot of people have said this, but I do want to make an allusion to, did you see the interesting video, the little interview with him, you know, when they got it done, it was in a, uh, looked like really it was an abandoned, uh, dressing room, basically. Yes. Yes. That was kind of set up for a teen horror film and, <laughs> uh, some really strange illumination as though Cameron Dawson was telling like a campfire horror story. Um, but his Who's Afraid of the Dark stories involves a series of gruesome, not safe for work howlers. All the delicious macabre twists is that Dawson's the one who has done them. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to this uh, this new Nickelodeon kids kids horror show about uh, goalkeeping howlers, all committed by Cameron Dawson. Well, it's a treat we can all look forward to, and and hopefully. Uh... The, the sister program about the adventures of Captain Fox Morgan is going to be the next uh, the next thing to get confirmed. Uh, but in addition to to tying up some of those loose ends for for players who whose contracts run out in the summer, we we did some business this week in terms of bringing new folks into the club. Uh, the first of those was confirmed on Tuesday night, very late on, I believe, um, mm-hmm. when Alessio da Cruz. That's how I'm saying it. I'm going to stick with it. Uh, (laughs) uh, A left winger slash striker joined us from Lazio. Um, He's got... Was it... it, well, it was, it was Palmer via Ruta, Palmer, sorry, uh, yeah. I, um, some uh, second-tier uh, Italian side, Serie B side, that I'm really drawing a blank on. I want to say Ancoli, but maybe it sounds like... Close, I'm just Ascoli. Ascoli, okay. I sound like I'm basically just making up a really uninspired uh, pasta, pasta name, basically, when I kind of come with that myself. But anyway, carry on. Alessio da Cruz. Da Cruz. Um, he's uh, well. So his his record is uh, this season so far is he's played fifteen games, scored five goals, got six assists, uh, and picked himself up three red cards, which is it's just it's the sort of disciplinary record that really will will have Sam Hutchinson looking over his shoulder. I would think. <laughs> The bad boy of Hillsborough, mm. you know, some, some some a bit of a tussle for that that uh, that, so, that name now. So, what did you make of this transfer, Rich? Let's uh, let's get into a little bit of critical critical analysis of this one. I mean, honestly, I, it's so out of the blue. Uh, my immediate thing was, does that mean we're not getting Connor Wickham, who we've we'd sort of been pursuing all the way through this January transfer window? Supposedly, uh, I wondered if that meant. It sort of precluded the fact that that signing maybe wasn't going to happen. Um, in now knowing that that's not the case, uh, and having seen him play a little bit, uh, looks like an interesting prospect. He's quick, um, looks looks fairly strong. You know, he's not he's not going to be brushed off the ball particularly easily. Uh, whether or not he he's got goals or, or crosses. I don't know, but he he really should have had an assist today. I I, I feel, and it wasn't his fault that he didn't end up with one. So yeah, we'll. Uh, but it's so it it's so out of the it's, blue. Who, it is. It's uh, completely left field. It's completely out of the blue. 
Um, the interesting thing is, I know there's been some discussion, you know, um, Monk was asked about him. I, and I, I genuinely don't know where, like, the truth lies in this one. Monk seemed to say he had him on his radar and that through contacts. Um, I don't know. I mean, it, it kind of smacks a little bit of a maybe agent connection kind of transfer. I mean, if he's decent, then it, then what is the real issue? Yeah. Um, but I think here's the thing we've had at that point, we'd had two signings under the Gary Monkera, one of which is more Manuel Hidalgo, uh, one for the future. And this one, and they don't really seem like, especially looking at disciplinary record of um, Alessio, and it, it doesn't particularly seem like a kind of very Gary Monk signing. Well, we don't know what that is yet, do we? I don't think. <laughs> no, uh, I, but I, I, I think we can probably, due to the way the team kind of sets up and the way the team applies themselves, we could probably think of some kind of characteristics of players. Um, I don't know. It's, it's very, very, very strange in terms of a transfer. Um, if it works out, then that's fine. I mean, we've had we've had a bit of a our transfer record is a bit of a mixed bag overall, but maybe we've had less success as an overall percentage with players from abroad than elsewhere, than than kind of on the more domestic level. Put it that way. Maybe, maybe it's interesting. He's so in terms of it, the sort of signing. What Monk has talked about since he came in pretty consistently is that we we have a bit of a dearth when it comes to athleticism. We don't we lack for for sort of pace and strength and drive. We've got a lot of kind of for the for want of a better word, sort of soft players, um, mm. folks who don't have that much about them. You know, phys- in terms of being sort of physical specimens and athletes. I mean, Atty's tall, but he doesn't particularly play to it. Uh, you could see with Fletcher. I, I mean, Fletcher. I think he's got he he got treme- he's got tremendous yardage out of. Um, and I, I suppose that you could look at all of the the signings we made as potentially being a bit of an answer to trying to trying to add a bit a bit more pace, a bit a few more legs to the team because mm. we we've talked about a lack of kind of propulsion forward, uh, which we certainly suffer a lot of the time with. With Bannon and Hodgson, yeah. and what we've seen a bit with Murphy. Um, unfortunately, that seems to have rubbed off a bit with Harris. Um, it's a frustration with Reach as well. So I mean, and those three are, are arguably our best athletes, I would say. Mm. Uh, so yeah, it's an interesting one. We don't know how much we'll see of Hidalgo at all, really. Uh, it, he again from from the YouTube videos he looks more of a kind of tricky winger but he, he certainly has a bit of a turn of pace uh less strong though i think than de cruz looks looks like a pretty strong guy so uh that's a that's a difference he's certainly not going to get knocked off the ball easily in the way that jordan rhodes always is and Winall looks pretty lightweight as well so he's a different presence uh it, when he's playing up top but just because of that level of of physicality to his game um so and then in between times we snuck in on 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 Friday morning we snuck in uh, another young signing so uh, Ryan Galvin had been, had spent a bit of time with the under 23s and he's now joined uh, permanently as well uh, again whether or not we actually see anything of him we'll, we'll, we'll find out in time but not intended to be initially at least a, a first team signing but somebody to kind of bolster those those reserves um 
Though interestingly enough, I mean, you kind of look at our perspective, he's on a professional contract and seeing mainly some of the kind of, um, <clears throat> some of the fin- thinness of the squad and, you know, you have to pick up a couple of injuries, then effectively you're in a position to, you know, maybe look and give a youngster like Azazi, uh, Ugohide, a chance in the team. So maybe he's not entirely too far off and maybe that's a similar deal with Hidalgo, possibly. Yeah, and I do think that was one of the marked things. We'll, we'll talk about the the game against Wigan. I think looking at that bench it really was bereft of options. It, it was a pretty miserable bench to 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 sort of draw from. And mm. it, it, when when we were kind of started to get that sinking feeling in the second half, there was nothing really there. Where you know we've sat and watched games and and we sort of said, oh, in hindsight, you should have done X, Y, and Z. And there's a bit of that with with the game. We'll we'll get into the, the you know talking about it. Uh, but by and large, personnel wise, it was it was pretty sticky in terms of what you what you're able to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so hopefully, we yeah, are with these these new additions like in terms of the youngsters and the senior players we've added. We're we're going to have a few more options to draw on when we're in those 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 moments. So he 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 was um formerly he was at uh at Wigan Athletic which is interesting it's all become a bit of a an odd little circle with with Wigan because we we made one of our major signings for, from Wigan as well. Um so transfer deadline day there was a there was a, a bit of talk out of nowhere really linking us to Josh Windass that hadn't been one that that had been be, you know b- bouncing around all uh, January in the same way that Connor Wickham had but it it, it popped up um, it was uh, Alan Nixon who's a you know a bit of a, a regular source on on Twitter mentioned that we'd had a, a bid turned down but we, there, were, there was maybe more to that and that one. That's an interesting one. So, Josh Windass, how do you feel about that? Him coming in? It's um, <clears throat> it's a very interesting one, Josh Windass. Um, Josh Windass, how do I feel about that one? I I wonder if it, if that's a kind of um a situation where um I don't know. I think looking into it from a Wigan perspective, maybe I think there might be a bit of friction between him and uh, Cook, possibly from right. I don't know if that's complete conjecture or whether there is something. A bit more kind of concrete in that, um, but he, I think he sounds like someone who, from a Wigan perspective, has kind of not really lived up to the hype there. Um, some seem happy to see him go. Some seemed pretty uh, pretty upset that he'd left. Um, I'm, I'm really wondering if this is. I really hope. I really hope that this is one which we've done a good bit of scouting and we can probably get something. You know, a deal. We've we found ourselves a bit of a deal with a player here who could kind of fit into our kind of ethos. Um, I'm really hoping that he is going to be he's going to be a, a player for us, for some player for us. Um, I guess it's just the interesting decision. Where exactly do you think he kind of a player like that fits in within formations and the way that we can kind of uh, set ourselves up at Wednesday? I think by and large he's going to be. Well, he's mainly an attacking midfielder, isn't he? I think he can play. Mm. He can play sort of wing, a uh, wing position. He can play uh, just off the strike, and that might well be where he ends up playing. But I see him as competition for Kieran Lee's best position, 
maybe Luongo's best position. Neither of those two have consistently been fit enough to play the role. Um, and when they've played, they've not always... Well, I think Luongo's consistently played well, but he, for him, it's certainly been his absences are the problem. Yeah. Uh, for for Kieran Lee... Kieran Lee. Yeah, I think we're probably going to set one similar things here while we're both talking about Kieran Lee, and I interrupted you there, Rich. Apologies for that. Um I think with Kieran Lee, the interesting thing is he's never been a particularly... He's had a bit of agility and he's been a little bit spry, but he's never been particularly quick, mm. really. But I'm wondering whether kind of this iteration of uh, Kieran Lee kind of coming back, it's it's seeming very, very taxing on him physically to consistently get up to the marks that I think we probably expected of him. And due to, due to a bunch of issues, he's never really kind of been there. Has he? Um, no. On a consistent basis, I want to say. I think he's had moments, definitely, this season. Um, but definitely, I'm wondering if you can have someone who is younger and has a touch more pace, like I'm thinking Josh Windows has, yeah, then then maybe I think I kind of agree that maybe it's that kind of um, number 10, one in the hole kind of uh, attacking midfielder. I think the interesting thing was when this was coming out, we didn't know. We just brought in De Cruz, who... Yeah. Seemingly looks like a winger, but also kind of like a second striker. Yeah. And we didn't really know what was kind of going to come to play with uh, Connor Wickham at the time. So it seemed a little bit like I wasn't sure this is exactly what we're after. It kind of felt like with a lot of these options, it kind of felt we were stockpiling wingers. Mm. Which has been a huge part of our game plan all season we've been very reliant on our wings for 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 our attacking mm. uh play our attacking output and H- harris has really struggled since christmas um murphy has had very good games has had poorer games reaches in the middle of a very disappointing season for himself so having another option or two in the area where we are that's what our most of our game is structured around does make sense and i think that's a nice thing is we, we do have a few more options to play on the wings, even if none of them are kind of out and out wingers in the same way as, as those three are. Um, but yeah, I just think all across the board up top now, we've got, we've got choices that we can make, which we've not really had before. It's, it's, yeah. more, it's just been who's fit. Uh, maybe, maybe we can look to revolutionize a new tactic in football by having uh, four wingers on the pitch at once. We can have mid wingers and late wingers. <laughs> I mean, you could argue that a lot of wing back type uh, players aren't particularly good at defending. So, you know, um, I think Reach could do a job behind a, a winger, <coughs> potentially. Well, I mean, we can. I, I really want to get into that kind of attacking formation and fluidity when we can look at, uh, you know, the game we played today against uh, Millwall. We can kind of talk about that later. Okay, um, yeah. Should we get on? I mean, hilariously, we haven't done this in uh, chronological order. Or should we say chronological order? As, um, we brought in we brought in Rich Richard Miller, striker of the decade, <laughs> on a Wickham back for a a third bite of the cherry. Is it? Is that correct? Yes, I've decided for this stint. Uh, we've we've called him Wigwam uh, previously. Um, for this stint, he's come back. He's a grown man now. The con man. The Bring con on man. the con man. That's what that's what I've decided. We need to. That's his nickname this time around, and um, it's going to turn the whole season around, Luke. I mean, you you're you're sat there thinking, oh, it's a bit mid-tabley. Well, 
kind of Wickham's here now, so it's all going to be great. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so he's joined on loan from Crystal Palace. Uh, it was strange to go through a January where we were consistently linked with a player that was getting minutes for a Premier League team. And I didn't see Crystal Palace doing any business to... Um, replace him so that was an is an odd thing to, to have it was but... weird um i think at one point also i think at one point they were kind of maybe in the uh the rumor mill running with jared bowen who uh mm-hmm. the whole striker ended up at west ham so i i think there was also some kind of damn lies and conjecture on the twitter rumors saying at one point it looked like it was it was done it was off not done done but i mean done off it's done off. Table. Yeah. Done off. Like, Benito, Benito, Benito. Not a mm, done on. Uh, <laughs> a damn done. Yeah. <laughs> off. Nice. And, yes. Uh, in true, in true successful Luke joke fashion, I'm going to abandon that one as uh, it careers off into a ball of fire. Eject, eject. Ejects, ejects. Ah, another so anyway. Fine joke. So uh, I think Wickham, what, what we can say from the fact that he's playing Premier League games is that presumably proves that he's he's in pretty good fettle fitness-wise. How that translates to actually playing full games and playing games Saturday, Tuesday, etc. We, we'll obviously find out in time. But uh, what it... What it what it abso- absolutely means is we've we've replaced Fletcher because in a lot of ways you could describe Connor Wickham as a younger model of Stephen Fletcher. You know, six two, six three, puts himself about well, um, very mobile. You know, um, a decent lick of pace to him and gets a decent amount of goals as well. So I'm quite pleased if as long as he doesn't immediately pull up with something awful or we don't and we don't overwork him i think it's about as good as we could have hoped for in in our situation and i think if somebody else had one of our rivals had signed him we'd all be thinking that's a pretty good bit of business that they'd done i think so as well i guess there was some interesting kind of uh rooms and conjectures about um so how this is all going to play out and pan out as we're all fervently refreshing our twitter pages and any sources of information we could get at the toll as this was going on. And at one point it looked like, I think Cardiff were kind of in the sniffing for Connor Wickham as yeah, well. Yeah, that was, that was definitely strongly rumoured. Um, and then, and similarly, there was a lot of talk about Wigan um, being interested in Rhodes going in the other direction mm. when, when we picked up uh, Windias. Uh, I just want to run through my notes from the the Wigan game. I thought uh, so. First first half, I thought we actually played pretty well, and in particular, I thought Atty Nuyu had probably one of his better starts for us in in a long time. Maybe his best start this season. Oh well, I suppose that the, the Borough game beats that. But um, but maybe outside of that, I thought I thought he was doing a, a great job. Um, that was converse to Winall who I think lost possession every single time he had it. Uh, that sounds like a sort of hyperbole exaggeration, but it, it wasn't. I genuinely literally think he lost the ball every time he had the had, had the ball. Um, Murphy was having a good first half as well. He seemed to be all over his fullback and seemed to be able to beat him for pace and also trick him. Um, he was sort of making things happen. Um 
so when we also had this bizarre incident the 18th minute there was this there was sort of a five six minute delay because there was a the the ref had spotted that there was the netting had come away from the corner of the goal so we had sort of five or six minutes of firstly Cameron Dawson pushing the ball into this hole to see whether it was big enough for the ball to go through um, and Dawson, granted, is a tall chap and was able to do it. Then the little referee decided to try and see if he could shove the ball through the hole and was not tall enough to do it, but just kept trying again and again. Um, really strange. And then eventually two little portly chaps um, making in no rush at all to to let the football game happen any quicker um, brought themselves along and uh brought their uh, step ladders from from the from the back garden or from the garage and uh, and and popped up and and put the, hooked the netting back on but it was very weird uh, <laughs> but uh we 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 obviously scored and it was a great header from 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 murphy uh to to get that goal um and i thought Moore and morsey were looked very good for for them i think we picked out morsey last time we played them but Kiefer Moore is He's in that mould of the uh, of, of the Fletcher player that we, we are lacking at the moment. So, so far, so good at half-time. The only problem was it all went terribly wrong afterwards and, and pretty soon afterwards. Um, were you managed, did you manage to sort of follow it at all? Have you, seen this, have you seen the highlights at all? Oh, I did see the goals. That was about as much as I saw. I was busy, um, was busy working at the time. It didn't sound like, I think I was listening to it, um... I really have a real uh, difficult time listening to football matches through commentaries because mm. it's something that's very heart attack, heart attack inducing. Um, surprise! It's not been a kind of outbreak of people passing away from uh, <laughs> listening to uh, Andy Giddings or whoever it is just cream themselves all over when the opposition team just uh, gets anywhere near the goal, goal mouth, the Wednesday <laughs> goal mouth. So I did listen. It didn't sound like a particularly fun endeavour. Um, I think I even missed out on the the goal, so I didn't get to hear Wednesday at their kind of peak in this one. So, uh, yeah. kind of looking back on the goals, did you think that they were kind of the first one? I I probably say for both of them. Uh, shades of offside about both the goals? Uh, definitely not the second one. I don't think it definitely the second one definitely wasn't off. I I wasn't sure about the first one, and there wasn't there didn't never seemed to be a good angle that came up. But uh, the real the big thing that happened in the, in the game was that Fox went off and we changed the whole back four around because Fox went off. So Odebajo went to right back, uh, left back. I also went to right back and then Tom Lees came on and Kiefer Moore, who had looked good, but been very ineffective. All of a sudden it was his game because Tom Lees is terrible at playing against big quick guys mm. and funnily enough Kiefer Moore who I offer handled brilliantly in the first half suddenly he's popping up he should have he should have had a goal before his goal he should have had a goal after his goal um I just it was a baffling substitution to to change everybody around in the back four and it's worrying to me that they don't notice how how poor Tom Lees is at dealing with, the, in particular, that sort of front man. Mm. <laughs> really, really odd. And and then, obviously, they came out and had the searing, throwing the team under the bus talk. But as I, I did think that was a huge change to make. It, it made us considerably weaker, and it didn't need to be so kind of throw the baby out with the bathwater. 
Um, but but basically, yeah, Kiefer, Kiefer Moore, it was just a, a ball poked through. Werner looked like he'd completely gone to sleep and um, rolled around trying to get a foul while whilst Keith, Kiefer Moore popped the ball in for their first goal. We then, in very short order, took Sam Winall off and brought on Jordan Rhodes. And another sub that made us weaker because Rhodes did nothing. Absolutely nothing. I, I can't remember him touching the ball. Um, so yeah, we got worse again and we, we're both, um, attested to being fans of Adam Reach, but he was awful when he came on as well. So mm. we took Kadeem Harris off and Harris for, you know, Harris is not in good form right now. This is, it's a shame. He's, I don't know what's dropped off for him, but he's, he's been in poor form pretty much since the Christmas period, but what he does is work really hard <laughs> and, his endeavour was sorely, sorely missed when Adam Reach came on and did nothing. It, it, he was he was terrible, Adam Reach, when he came on. Um, so that made us worse. And it was just from that point on, basically, we'd made all of our subs with 20 minutes left to go. And I was just sat watching the game, waiting for them to score the winner. It was just a matter of time. And they had chance after chance. Dawson did a pretty decent job sort of pushing them back. They did a pretty decent job of missing great chances. And then Odebajo, who'd been pretty good all game, to be fair to him, uh, he, his clearance was was closed down. Uh, it meant it dropped in a very favourable area for for uh, Wigan. And just a succession of headers, really, wasn't it? There was one flicked header, and then their player just ran through. Jamal Lowe ran straight clean through on goal and scored again. And he... I don't know whose man he was. I think he might have been Tom Lees's man. But when you watch the highlights back, Lees and Burner just watched, looked at him. Neither of them moved to it to stop him at all. And he just nodded it over over Dawson's head. Uh, I don't think Dawson could have done anything with it. He, he, he came out to try and put the pressure on and uh, was, was lobbed effectively uh, for the goal with the header. So a really, really disappointing second half performance, particularly when we'd been... I'd say pretty good first half. They were pressing, but we managed to just work our way around their press again and again in the first half. And then it all all went terribly wrong second half. Um, and who knows how long Fox is out for. I do wonder whether one, the signing of the, uh, the young uh, left back might be a nod to the fact that maybe Fox is out for a little while. But um, yeah, did you have any other feelings based on the... No. Just, uh, I just was pretty, pretty darn disappointed. I'll be honest. There's also the fitness factor, uh, because this was our we we pl- obviously played Friday and Tuesday, and uh, Wigan had had a, a weekend off, so that that sort of freshness probably helped them in the second half. But that that's where you look at the the subs that weren't used. So I, I'm criticising every one of the substitutions we made because each of them made the team on the pitch worse. But mm. the folks who didn't come on, Joe Wildsmith, though that was never going to happen. Uh, Alex Hunt, what a game to throw him into at any stage during that second half. Urugide, maybe. You know, that would have meant just one swap of the back four. You know, you, you bring Odebajo to left back, you put Urugide right back. That's That was, the, arguably, that's a, a, a better change than bringing in Tom Lees and moving everybody around from their position. And then the, other, the only other one was Borokov, and he seems to just be have been warming the bench, uh, Borokov. He's not been warming up or got close to coming on even though he's been on on the bench for a couple of games so that's where I think we needed the transfer window that we've had because you look at that bench and it's not 
it's not great, despite the fact we've got a decent sized squad. Um, with there's you, you pick up a couple of injuries and you're you're in the situation we're in, and there's there's not many options. Yeah. So yeah, like I feel like uh, maybe that's kind of a link in the bridge to talk about today's game because mm. I I think I really want to kind of press upon. Um, I think we've kind of talked about this before. I think this has been, is this the second or third iteration we've had as Bannon and Joey Palapetti in that centre-mid pairing? Yeah. And I don't know. I was really hoping it'd be crazy enough to work. But then the problem is right now, I think as you said, look, we've got five, we've really got five players who compete for two positions. That should be more than enough in terms of numbers. But now we're in a situation where Lee's picked up an injury. Uh, Luongo's got something that's going to keep him out for a bit. And uh, Hutchinson's been battling through some of the pain and has had a few picks up another knock himself. So suddenly now we're just down to our other two options, which is Barry Bannon and Joey Pelopesi. Unless we want to bring in, do you want to kind of blood and bring in Alex Hunt? And you probably yeah. don't at this point. Alex Hunt's probably a player who's probably going to look to at a long term if he kicks on and develops, you know, be a player in the kind of Barry Bannon mold. So we're not really going to go for, we're not going to drop Bannon. Why would you ever do something as stupid as that? (laughs) And um, I don't think you can play Bannon and Hunt together. No. So then the only thing it points to is Joey Pelopesi. So we've kind of been stuck with this um, as a center mid pairing, and it's worrisome. It's worryingly bad as as a setup right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I I do think it's a feature of mm, the last three league games have been also particularly bad Bannon performances. I know it's not often we're in a position to say that, um, and you'd you'd really struggle to find someone who is more fond of Barry Bannon than myself. But the, the Blackburn game, he made. He gave the ball away too often and defensively didn't do enough or wasn't effective enough. Um, same thing to same thing today and a, and a, and a, to an extent the same thing second half against Wigan. You know we can't have anybody, but particularly Bannon, handing possession to the opposition it, under no pressure. It's those passes mm-hmm. that he's that he's missing and making mistakes with and it's it's putting the whole of the rest of the team under pressure um and on top of that it's set pieces as well his set pieces today woeful really really painfully bad uh once murphy went off there was no other option Uh, i don't know what's up with bannon maybe it's just the lack of competition maybe he's a bit worn down by things because as you say you've got to play him why wouldn't you play him Uh, but he do you, well go on sorry well I was just wondering just to kind of look from the outset just to kind of start the analysis of this game I often let's do as that. you know let's look at the lineup a little bit of lineup probing let's uh, let's give it a prod with a stick let's give this Luke's uh, lineup probe <laughs> let's let us me and you Rich as uh, young eight year old boys go out into the woods and prod this uh, <laughs> cadaver of a Wednesday, dead Wednesday 11 cadaver. Let's poke it with a stick a few times. And so I was glad to see Palmer back. I'm yes. glad that he's, kind of, he's been a player we've missed quite a bit. Um, I don't think fullbacks have been too terrible. I mean, we've also been blessed with a little bit of a spate of uh, Hirohide doing very well. Mm-hmm. So it's not right back hasn't been completely terrible. 
Um, I think <laughs> some real lovely damning praise for myself there. <laughs> but I'm still happy to see Palmer back. I wondered how much he'd be a player, a bit of steady, a bit of steadiness on that right kind of defensive flank. That'd uh, be good to kind of see him back. Could you imagine there'd be a day previously when we said we've thank really goodness. missed? Thank goodness, Liam Palmer's back at right back. <laughs> it's just an incredible turnaround in. Uh, in kind of modern history, modern Sheffield Wednesday yeah. history. And then the interesting thing was that, so you would look to the lineup and you probably would have thought that Odebaggio would have played right back and Liam Palmer yeah. would have played right back. Because Palmer, that's how they started the season, was the other way around. Exactly. And, you know, bizarrely, actually, it was the opposite to that. And I thought it worked pretty well. Yeah. No, I, I, we can. Possibly Odebaggio's best game in a Wednesday shirt today. I, he was very, very good today. Um, but again, you know, looking forward and getting up that it became very strange. Like, um, <laughs> you know, not a road to be seen for miles. No, um, Forestieri's back. He's back on the bench alongside Alessia Cara. Sorry, Alessio de Cruz. De Cruz. Um, on the bench for a bit of pep, a bit of attacking pep alongside Winall. And then who else we've got? We've got Tom Lees, Wildsmith. And, and to round out the picture, it is, who is it now? Who is it? Is that it? Uh, we got Hunt, Wildsmith, Winnall, Lees, Urugide, Grush, and Forestieri are on the bench. There we go. Okay, so I think we've covered it all. Yeah. So I guess it was kind of interesting looking at that, but then I was like, I took me a long time to kind of get my head around. I was like, oh, Winnall's on the bench. There's no roads. Oh, so maybe it's Adam Reach alongside up top. And yes. Then I, I was kind of weirdly excited, despite um, maybe some kind of questioning kind of history and results. I, I was interested to see how basically our three, <laughs> all our three wing options on the pitch yeah. at the same time. That feels like a new one. I mean, I know we're trying, we're grasping at so many straws with these formations and some of the player selections. Uh, we, we've... How I just felt with reach up top. Haven't we been here before? We've done this. It doesn't we work. We have. We have. He looks bright for five minutes and then disappears. He doesn't know what to do in the position. Mm. Oh, it's frustrating. And and you're right. We've got three players there that, to an extent, are interchangeable. Would have been nice to see some movement. Yes, that is something else. I mean, I almost would have liked to thought, how about maybe we see Harris in the hole? Yeah, because I, I would rather see. I'd rather have Murphy, Murphy on the right wing, and I'd probably say over a recent kind of spell of games, I'd probably say Reach has been better on the left than Harris. Yeah, yeah, Harris I agree. is not having a particularly great run of form. So I don't know. Maybe just a, it might give a bit of freshness to Harris if just to have something different to his game. If if he tried that role, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I I genuinely feel there's so much of this. Right now, we've got so many players out of form. We've got injuries. Um, we're just grasping at straws before we could get these players across the line. Of which, you know, we signed them late night. We didn't. If we didn't, if we signed them before twelve, they could have been. You know, they could have been in around the uh, squad picture. I uh, know, but that never happens, does it? That never happens, and also I think it's way too soon. I I don't think. I think we need Wickham with us a little bit before we can well, that, give it a starting berth. And I'm not sure, I'm not entirely sure what the kind of background history of uh, uh, everyone's favourite uh, Trumpy bum. <laughs> Josh Windy ass. Um, yeah, well, I think that's one of the nice things 
this is sort of putting the cart before the horse a little bit, but one of the nice things is we've got a week now till the next game. So all of those new players, there's some time to kind of bed them in and 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 have some have some you know get through some training, try some things out. So that's a that's a nice position to be in. Uh, it doesn't help us for today, uh, but I do think the mood was lifted around Hillsborough probably because of those signings. Uh, there was a couple of rounds of of uh, Connor Wickham's song, which I can't quite remember from last time round, but uh, he's got one apparently. Uh, and so I, I do think it was it was obviously lovely to have that have that a bit of a spring to our step. Um, and I I also feel that that was the crowd kind of showing that we we're we're sort of on monk's side in this back and forth with the players however sort of real or imagined that is i think there's a fair few folks in this squad that the majority of fans they're not going to be crying a river when a few of these people move on to their next their next step on their on their footballing journey you know uh, so so th- so that was a nice thing ahead of you know ahead of kickoff and early in the first half there was just a bit more brightness to the crowd than there has been in the last few games and certainly probably more than the team deserved after their last three or four performances at home so that was a bit of a boost um so go- getting into the game just wasn't very much that happened <laughs> yeah um, just as a kind of final conclusive sentence, just from my notes, I just want to draw a fence, uh, reference to looking at the formation. Um, I, Luke Ledall, a 36-year-old male who's uh, trying to muster any kind of real positivity and faith <laughs> in Sheffield Wednesday, for the sake of myself and my own personal health, and also for the fact that me and you, Rich, do this podcast. And I'm trying to make it kind of interesting, and I'm trying to be positive, and trying to be upbeat. Um, but the words I wrote is a seven-word sentence, which goes along the lines of, God, I hope this is any good. <laughs> well, the, the other thing in terms of that swapping and changing, and... Yeah, yeah I'm, wait, see, I'm, I'm waiting for it, Rich. Wanting to, <laughs> wanting to see Harris move... <laughs> wanting to see Harris try something else or move to the middle. The, the other thing was... This is the first when we played uh, Millwall the the uh, at the Den. Um, that's the first time we'd seen Harris have a bad game, and it was because Ro- Romeo or Romeo matched him. He's as good of an a- athlete as Harris is, and he doesn't come up against that very often. But when he does, his whole he gets very kind of downhearted. <laughs> He's a he's a man who naturally looks a bit glum. You know, there's uh, there's a there's a thing at the kind of wretching, resting resting bitch face. You know, people talk about that like somebody's got a resting bitch face. Harris has yeah. a has a has a a resting Mardi face. You know, he looks upset. The world has played a trick on 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 Kadeem Harris, and he's he, he's caught onto it, and he's not happy. That's what his face is saying <laughs> at, at all times. All right, but. When he comes up against a, 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 a like an equal athlete like Ro, like Romeo or Romeo, he, he he just he's miserable. He's huffy. He's you know he's dejected. He he tries less. He tries less things. Um, so again, it would have been nice to just go okay. So Romeo he can cope with the pace of Harris, but what does he do against? The, the the sort of quality of ball that Reach can play, you know, can he block an early cross? Can he, you know, those mm. sort of things would have been nice to just try it out. We, 
It just never yeah. happened. It's interesting that you mentioned, you know, this um, this sodden look on uh, Calvin Harris's face. Yeah. And I, I do wonder a lot about the fact that, like, it's a difficult kind of situation right now. It's a very kind of glum winter we're in. Uh, I wonder about there's this kind of very much difficult kind of um, hard work ethic kind of mentality of kind of digging ourselves out of what we're in right now. Yes. I, I, I feel like these players need a bit of a lift. It's looking like a very kind yes. of despondent yes. looking, I don't know, I... I don't know. Maybe I'd um, maybe I'd bring them some chips for the uh, training ground. <laughs> you know, maybe oh we could put goodness. on. Um, I've what a, a turnabout! I've got a good idea, Rich. We'll, uh, Coach we'll Luke t- is bringing in the chips. Last night, last night I went with my girlfriend to uh, her work. Had a a you know a post delayed Christmas um, uh, bowling party, and we had uh, we had a few pop and crisps there. And uh, maybe that's it. We need to put a pop and crisp party. Um, for uh, for the lads. Well, maybe these. This is the only way we can get through to these despondent children. Um, that they just need something to give them a little, little cheeky, cheeky little grin on uh, on their faces. It <laughs> it just seems a very, and a more serious note. It it does seem very bit of a miserable time. Bit of a miserable time. A bit of a miserable cast of characters. Um, you kind of mentioned Bannon. Bannon seems a little bit more kind of whiny than usual you know yeah no definitely I, but then maybe that lift will come in in the new the new players so um i don't know if you've got particular notes from the first half i i i i remember a chance for Oda Badjo that he sort of hit an okay-ish shot but missed the target with down uh low to the keeper's right uh outside of that I don't think there was a shot on target until about the 60th minute or so. But uh, please take us through your your observations from the first half. Um, I think the the afternoon, the pace for it was really set with a first minute foul from Joey Pelopesi. Um, and it seems to be the great theme behind this game from what I saw a lot of was basically it was a series of Dawson just kicking to Millwall, basically. That was the theme of the first half. It was basically seemingly because New You isn't Fletcher, and also seemingly because Dawson's kicking isn't yeah. that fantastic as well. Also, um, sorry, they are massive. Millwall's two centre backs are, I don't use this word lightly, Luke, they're Jahonging. <laughs> Could you explain to me what that word means and to the audience? Um, <laughs> A layperson may use the word mahusive, but I use the word jahonging, which is the technical term for, you know, just a, a massive unit. Hutchinson, Cooper and Wallace, just whopping great guys. And and their goalkeeper's huge as well. Absolutely unnecessarily mm. enormous is, is Bilikowski. Um, huge. And then up front, Smith is massive as well. And then they brought on Bud Varson and he's even bigger. They, Did you they, see the uh, the gangly nature of Jake Cooper at the back as well? Yeah, Cooper, Cooper and Hutchinson. Just Hutchinson's I don't think Fletch would have got much joy out of them. To, the two of them. It's amazing that once again, because this was one of the real. This is you know this is one of the real like Bullen is not for this job games. If you remember early in the season, we had a complete capitulation away at, at Millwall, um, and Fletcher 
couldn't get any joy out of the, that pair of, of centre-backs. You know, heaven help knew you, because he was never going to get anything going. Never, ever. And also, the referee had this fun thing where if you were tall, you weren't allowed to win any fouls. So, thankfully, mm. but largely that played in our favour, because they had more big boys than we did. But <laughs> it meant that Nuiu was in line for all sorts of treatment um, in terms of people climbing over the top of him, holding on to him, pulling his shirt, and never getting any fouls ever. Uh, I, I I often wondered, looking at a lot of the Millwall players, uh, I mean, to, to talk about their height, I could probably call them the Moai, which are the monolithic human figures carved by the Rapa Nui people on Easter Island in Eastern Polynesia between the years 1250 and 1500, especially looking at Jed, Jed Wallace, who's a very hard-faced man. Um, mm-hmm. So there we go. I just needed to, um, if everyone's playing different gravy bingo at home, Lucas said a nasty thing about one of the appearance of an opposition player. So I just wanted to get that in there. But he so, did it with historical context, so it was classy. So it was classy. It was a different gravy of bullying people purely based on their looks. <laughs> it's like I would never knowingly fat shame anybody in my life or friends, but if they're football players, then that means I'm purely the fair game. So uh, shout out to Elias Chair from last week, who I called him a chunky lad. <laughs> Anyway, moving on, I mean, yes, looking at, like, it was basically, and that was a really funny thing you mentioned, like, they've got these giants in the team, yet hilariously, we're just going long, they're playing more football than we are. Constantly going long. And I, I think any time, I remember one point, the 16 minute, I do want to just uh, really point uh, point my grotty finger in the direction of Joey Pelopesi. On the 16 minute mark, he just plowed it straight into a Millwall player. Under no duress or any stress, he just absolutely stroked it into a Millwall player. It just... Oh. <laughs> and um, other themes from the first half, um, I kind of want to look at... Um, it was... Okay, let me try and... Let, let's, how can I think about this? So Adam Reach did a, an absolute brilliant minute, uh, about the 17th minute, did a brilliant, brilliant bit of cover to go through a very dangerous through ball through the middle. Yes, he did, yeah. Which was a great kind of interception. And I just want to kind of bring up, especially as, you know, Adam Reach now is, um, he's not the Bernie Sanders. He's gone towards a more kind of Hillary Clinton. <laughs> in that he's, he's, he's become more centrist, Rich. Yes, he and um, <laughs> He believes in the third way. <laughs> <laughs> and I also want to ask, what position should he be playing? He, I, I, I know you can say it wasn't particularly working up front, and I can support that. But the, well, the real positive I will say about Adam Reach was he was everywhere on the park. He was careering around like it. But, but that was the thing. He was doing a better Joey Pelopesi role than Joey Pelopesi. I think, well, that was a highlight. That Reach uh, bit, bit of defending was great. I've got to say, Pelopesi did one of the best professional fouls. That was uh, good. That, that, was was a, that was a real, it was well-timed. He didn't take a card for it. That I mean, it shows you the quality, the caliber of football that was on display in the first half. That that was that was one of the better moments. Uh, was Billy Bessie's professional foul in in the, on the halfway line? <laughs> oh, I don't know. So I just, I guess the thing I'm kind of looking back was 
Um, just just in that first half, I mean, we, we talk about this a lot. We talk about Monk setting up the team in a very kind of solid um, spine defensive shape um, to, to deal with these teams. And it's a very kind of it's a very kind of ponderous afternoon of chess. Really, it's a very conservative setup <laughs> for the first half of the game before then we start to look to expand. And it, it, it looks in two ways like quite interesting. I, I guess there's two ways you could look at this. You could probably say that this is how Monk sets a team up, and I think that's how things go. Um, but maybe on the more critical side, you could be like, it, it kind of looks like they're never really being set up properly to play football from the off, really. Yeah, he does like so it, to kind of parachute in and save the day second half, doesn't he? He does. And then so I just, some of my, I don't know, it was a very, I've, I've had some real difficulty with some of these performances. I think the worst one was definitely at home to hold. In terms of, I, I said I've used that kind of chess analogy. It's um, and then some of my comments here. I just want to say it's long ball croquet. Um, another one I said it was <laughs> tedious long balling shite. To be a little bit crass there, and <laughs> it's to, to work another analogy. Rich, I want the play at Hillsborough to be like a G six, not like a bishop to G six. You oh, know what I mean? Lovely, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So these like ponderous diagonal kind of long balls that we're hoping to kind of get something out of. And it's just, it is, it's not, this is the kind of football we play under kind of Gary Monk, but I just, I wish there was a bit more impetus in the attacking third. And for the, definitely for the first half, there was none of that today. And it was just dour, just watching us hit it long, hoping New You does something, but then really just giving the ball back to Millwall, who play around a bit and try and get it forward at us. The few times we didn't do that were the were the highlights, really, weren't they? I mean, the, the ball where... Um... Murphy um, sort of played that inside out pass with the outside of his foot out to um, Harris, who then played in Ardabajo for, for that for that shot that I, I talked about. That was one yes. of the one of yes. the best moments. And then you, good. Um, and then the, the forty one minute mark. I can talk about some length because my notes. Yeah, please. That's kind of it, isn't it? I'll steal the ball off you here, Rich, to search forward. Please do. Um, what a move. That was such a brilliant pass from Madabajo. Barry Bannon did this lovely dummy to just completely sell it in. Um, Harris ran onto it, this lovely first-time crossover, and then Reach, I don't know, should he have done better when he glanced ahead of wide? Mm, it was a Reach did it. It was a tricky angle, and I thought Reach did okay. What I think we were most angry about, and maybe slightly unfairly on on seeing the highlights uh, we uh, i sit in the cop we were just like why on earth is murphy not flinging himself at that ball but mm. he was quite far away to be fair um looking at the highlights he was probably a bit further away than it seemed at the time <laughs> so i might be inclined to give him the benefit of the doubt it's strange with um He's had a few very close run uh, headers. Has um, has Adam Reach? You know, he hit the, he's hit the post, hasn't he? And he had another couple mm. of digs. He's weirdly like quite good with his head, mm. <laughs> which just is 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 quite un- unexpected from a you know kind of foppish winger that he he you know cuts the figure of 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 uh, nine tenths of the time. I <laughs> but, um, I really want to say I think the star of the first half for me was Mozart Abajo. 
I think he was very, very good. Mm. Um, I thought it was surprising. It's not something you automatically look for in someone who's a fullback, but he was very comfortable on the ball. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I, I, I completely agree. And it's interesting that both him and Palmer seem to be more comfortable bringing the ball forward from, from the left-back position than the right-back position when, for both of them, it's their, it's their first-choice place to play is, is right-back. Mm. Interesting. Um, so, no subs at half-time. No, no real sort of huge changes. Mm. But Wednesday, I, I would say, we're, we're much brighter second half. We did. We came out to be a lot more kind of expansive and attacking in the second half. It seemed to be a lot more verve and drive to proceedings. Um, yeah, so again, it kind of goes into that narrative of other players, are they being told to be like that? Or are they just starting badly? Because we do seem to come out and seem to be a bit more renewed in the second half. It seems to be a bit of a common theme, really. Yeah, I suspect it's adjustments. I think particularly... Uh, we got a much better handle on Matt Smith second half. Mm. Like we clearly been told to double up on him, which had never happened during the first half. So, and I think that was a big part in him going off um, in, in the 60th minute was the fact that he he just kind of he just couldn't get go get anything going, which was nice to see. I mean, he's a guy who has caused us headaches again and again mm. uh, for for all his being you know just being a big lump so what did you rich think of the i guess we're kind of there wasn't really much kind of game that was played um i did love the i don't know if it was kind of chronologically we can just quickly talk about i love the defensive work by julian burner to be fouled and dive and head it out of the way. Oh, that was so good. That was a real fantastic... That was a, a highlight of a pretty dour afternoon, I'd say. <laughs> um, that was really something else. Some real kind of German warrior kind of commitment from Joey Werner. <laughs> Actually, I mean, weirdly, I think we were... We would, I would say probably marginally the better team second half, although we didn't create anything very much. But... Almost all of the highlights were great bits of defending. So there's, yeah, there was the the Julian Burner sort of diving header out of play slash buying a foul, etc. There was Iorfa's tremendous tackle on Bud Varson, which was so heart in mouth because it's it's a red card or it's a great tackle, and thankfully, mm. as is often the case with Iorfa, it was a tremendous uh, tackle. And then there was. The, there was a great bit of defending from again from Odebajo. They had that effort that went past Dawson and Odebajo. Um, he was <laughs> he was he was bothered by his groin after making the the block. So I can only imagine that um, he he sort of nodded it off the line with his chap. I can only imagine that's what happened. <laughs> So the, the the bit in the narrative I was going to kind of go with was the we talked on a kind of step and a focus on the defensive work. Um, I, I guess it's interesting, like the 55 minute mark. That's when Wednesday made the first substitution of the game. Um, yeah. In that one, uh, Kadeem Harris came off and Fernando Forestieri came on. Yes, and um, I, I was intrigued. I was intrigued. Mm-hmm. It was a very early substitution for Gary Monk. Um, I. I don't know. I didn't see. I, I think collectively we were a bit. Uh, the our attacking teeth were a little bit missing in this game. Yeah. Um, well, what was interesting was when when Forestieri, Forestieri came on, he he played left wing. You know, Adam Reach is there, 
um, and he stayed up playing alongside Nuiu and and Forestieri went to the left wing, which is which is which was intriguing. Although I do oh. think he was trying to make an effort to try and follow up Nuiu's flick-ons for, for for what that was worth. Um, <laughs> whatever the the frighteningly large odds are of winning the lottery um they are you you've got considerably more chance i think of winning the lottery than guessing where a natty new you flick on will go as a as a strike partner (laughs) it's almost impossible (laughs) um what did you think so forestieri came on uh, he he had a he had a shot. <laughs> I was going to say a decent shot. Felt like a stretch to say a decent shot. Um, he sort of had an effort down low to the keeper's right, which was very easily handled. Um, he took on another chance where he probably had better options and, and probably shouldn't have shot. What did you What did you make of him when he came on? I this was some of. I think this is probably some of the best forest area we've seen in quite a while. I want to say. Um, even without those kind of berries of a you know a wonder goal or a decent strike, the fact he just looked determined enough for it and on the wing was a huge revelation. I think for me, he did look he did look very up for it. That that's definitely. Um... While I was saying that, Rich, I could hear you being very polite and waiting me to finish my point, but I felt an air of pensiveness to your <laughs> kind of uh, reaction to this. So please. Please tell me about. Uh, please criticize my <laughs> appraisal. Of no, I, no, I, I, I agree. <laughs> I agree. He he did look up for it. Um, well, we've talked before. There's a lot of the fans get excited when Forestieri comes on. That's not nothing, you know. That it helps the team that there is a a, a kind of frisson of excitement in the ground that makes us feel better and feel more dangerous and presumably for the the defending team it puts you on edge and therefore more likely to make mistakes so it's not it shouldn't be just sort of you know passed over that he has an effect every time he comes on the pitch he has an effect and whether he's then effective is a different question but I think this was one of his better recent performances what the, the the moment that was so frustrating and is another unfortunately another big factor in his play. He had a he had a moment where he could have played the Cruz uh, through clear on goal and selfishly played a pass that meant that De Cruz had to turn round and play the ball back to Fernando Forestieri. And that it's those bits of his play. He's never playing for Wednesday, Forestieri. He's playing mm. for Fernando Forestieri. So taking his shot when there's three or four better options is very Fernando Forestieri. And that moment, he's got the beating of his man. He was clearly quicker than both those enormous centre-backs. All Forestieri needed to do was play a ball through the middle and De Cruz has got a one-on-one with the goalkeeper. And being as big as he was, the goalkeeper, I'm guessing not the most mobile chap. I, I think he probably would have got a goal or at least been in a very good position to get a goal. And Forestieri plays the ball to his a long, long way to his left. And it's slow, painfully slow. So what De Cruz needs to do then is turn around and play the ball to Forestieri, who's running on. And those sort of moments are just so aggravating because... Mm. The easiest thing to do is the thing that helps us score a goal. He's made life more difficult for himself and everybody else to play that selfish pass. But he does it time and time again. 
He's a good player, so he's not making mistakes when he plays the ball behind someone. He's doing it on purpose. Wow. So, yeah, I, you know, I, I thought that there's, there was positive things. It's, it's good, um, by and large. But that was the moment where we could have won the game, and he, he purposefully, he sacrificed our winning moment to try and let himself shine. And that's Forestieri in a nutshell, unfortunately. Oh, sorry. <laughs> It's a bit heavy, but yeah, those there's always those moments, and 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 they do stick with you. Um, so we made the Forestieri change. They made two changes. That's when Matt Smith came off and uh, Ferguson came off, uh, <clears throat> and then Cooper got yellow carded quite soon afterwards. I think was that for hauling down Forestieri. It was. It was yeah. a pretty. Um, it was pretty, a pretty awful. Pretty cynical tackle. <laughs> those are one of those ones where it'd be nice to have something worse than a yellow but not quite a red to because it's you don't want to see someone sent off it would be ridiculous if that's a sending off but i mean it's <laughs> this is so stupid but it's really it's cheating it's really not you know it's not on oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. we all want to see goals and what he did was had no purpose other than to stop us having a shot on goal <laughs> yeah it'd be nice to have like a I don't know, five minutes sin bin or something for those sort of challenges. Um, and that, so then a few minutes went by. Uh, I don't know when chances happened. I know that they had a couple of chances. There was the one where Bod Varson was sent through and did his amazing, the worst lob ever. Well, that was right at the death, wasn't it? That yeah. Was literally right at the uh, the dying embers of the game with him just being one-on-one and just doing this uh, very, very pale lump. Over the bar, pretty much. <laughs> it was so bad. Just a yeah. volley straight out of play. Well, <laughs> oh, painfully bad stuff. So I, I think we've... Oh, I guess the other thing to talk about as well, six, seven minute mark, uh, Murphy comes off and Alessio da Cruz... Da Cruz. Da Cruz uh, comes on to make his Sheffield Wednesday debut at Hillsborough. And looked very much at home pretty much straight away. It was quite something just how comfortable and, you know, useful and dangerous he looked. Mm. I was wondering if maybe it might be a bit of a Marco Mateus situation. He might look a bit kind of out of yeah. sorts. But, uh, it, yeah, I don't think it happened. No. And one of the very first things he did was sort of pick up the ball um the corner of their box and play a very nice pass into Forestieri, which he just didn't get under control. But if Forestieri had managed to control that ball, he would have had a very, you know, a very nice one-on-one with the goalkeeper. Uh, and that, yeah, but it, he just, he looked quick. He looked strong um, and he looked confident, which is all things that our front line have really not looked like having any of those things mm. for, for quite a few weeks now. That's the high point. Really, was his I, for me this game. The, the high point was 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 his um, his sort of cameo towards the end because yeah, he looks he looks like a good option to have, and I wasn't sure we were going to see him come on at all. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any any other notes? No, that was it. My kind of notes kind of panned off. I was kind of hoping that maybe there'd be something of notes to kind of happen and maybe I could just see and just... I was interested to see how it was going to play out. It felt like a time to put my phone down and just really focus very hard on the last kind of 10, 15 minutes. I mean, the interesting thing was the notion that, let's look at this, we had... We basically had Forestario, Decruche, um, Reach still on the pitch. Yep. 
it felt like we still had a lot of kind of interchanging wing options. I wondered whether we'd actually even make the third substitution and maybe take New York for win all at the end. Um, I wasn't. I wondered if basically any kind of. I feel like New Year's there for a sense of kind of keeping a bit of structure and kind of holding yeah. things at top, even yeah. though it didn't. I, it maybe didn't work, but I, I was almost wondering, like looking at the team and thinking, this is kind of. It feels a little bit maddening. This formation, it feels a little bit like we're just trying anything. So in a similar mentality, it's like when do you know when to stop, really? Well, I think that. So I was pleased we didn't make that win all substitution because that to me would have been, oh, you just don't have any idea. You're just putting people on the pitch because we've seen it so often that you swap new you for Rhodes or win all, and then actually what happens is we just end up defending for our lives because even the even though New Year was living off scraps, the scraps that he was able to get a hold of were better than anything we would see from Sam Winnell, I think. I think we just would have lost the platform to play in their half, which is which is what happens all the time when New Year comes off. So I, I was quite pleased we didn't make that sub. I, one I could, you could have argued for potentially is Hunt for Pelopesi, but whether it would have made us better, I don't know. It just would have been different. <laughs> Difference not always better. Well, I guess that's an interesting thing to think about. Maybe that kind of leads us into looking at player ratings. Yeah, let's I do think, that. Because um, when you say Joey Calapesi, I think of how can I criticise him today? <laughs> but anyway, let's let's start the bag. I guess we're interestingly like, near the first half. I was I've made a lot of notes about the defence, and maybe the rest of it will kind of do on the fly. So and maybe that's kind of really um, a summer summer. <laughs> A good summary of the game as well, that defensively we were very strong and we were still kind of trying to figure out ideas attacking-wise. Oh, sorry, one other chance worth mentioning, and maybe we'll get to it when we get to Bannon. Bannon missed an absolute sitter today. Murphy, there was a it, it bounced. It was a corner that was played back in and there, one of their, um, I think it was probably Woods actually, tried to nod it out of the box and he nodded it straight to Murphy. And Murphy rolled it into Bannon, who was in that kind of Thierry Henry position, just looking, you know, the, just the goal and him really were the only things he needed to worry about, even though there was other players in the box. And he hit the side netting with it and probably our best chance of the game. Uh, anyway, sorry, it just, it just, uh, I just had a flashback of that moment because that was, that was a great, great opportunity and he did so little with it. Right. Anyway, let's, let's do some, let's rate some players. Um, Cameron Dawson, um, just to kind of go back against some further notes about his new contract. Um, I really enjoyed him referred to a, a, as a custodian. Um, yes. certain, that makes him seem like he's either a museum archivist or a park keeper. And um, anyway, I think after this, um, like an inevitable Trump re-election, here's to four more years, Cameron Dawson. Four more years. Four, <laughs> four more years. years. Four more four years. years. Um, but this will hopefully be a lot considerably better than uh, the second term of uh, Donald Trump. Um, Cameron so Dawson's gone... actually got some interesting thoughts on uh, whether Muslim people should be allowed to enter the country. <laughs> Well, you know, Dawson also, you know, Dawson also has some issues around building walls as well. So, you know, there's a lot of things that kind of go hand in hand there. Um, he was he was pretty good today, Dawson. I think I'm going to go for a I'm going to go for a solid seven. His kicking was so so. 
But I, I wonder how much we just really heavily miss Fletcher to take down those yeah. long balls. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious if we see Wickham in the starting eleven next week. I'm curious to see what that's going to look like. Everything else was fine about his performance, so um, he was good. I'm happy he got a clean sheet. And w- interestingly today, the better of the two keepers with the kicking, because Biakowski kicked, I think, four or five straight out of play. So, yeah, pat on the back for, for Cam. I think seven out of ten's good. good call. Uh, Liam Palmer? I'm not sure how to rate Liam Palmer. I think I'm kind of conservatively just go with a seven today. Okay. Um, his defensive work was pretty comfortable. We didn't really see much going forward, but I mean, I mean, when was the last time that uh, I'm going to kind of look at look a bit at this while we we kind of chat here? Okay, it, it's been a long time since he's kind of he's been out of the picture for quite a surprising amount of time here. It was the yeah, it was a foul, wasn't it? That should have been a red, but somehow was only a yellow. But I can't. I'm, I'm blanking on who the team was. The last time he played was at the end of December against Cardiff. Right, yes, yeah. Oh, yes, because it was, um, what's the Canadian winger called? Oh, Junior Hoylett. Yes, Hoylett mm-hmm. absolutely murked him, didn't he? Mm. And got a yellow for it. So I could probably see, like, I'm surprised. I mean, he's kind of come back after like a month away, basically, back into the starting eleven. And, you know, I think there was some comments about the fact that, like, basically, seemingly, like, his injury wasn't kind of as severe as someone like Forestieri's. So Forestieri then had some minutes in the under-23s, and we didn't see any of that for, for Liam Palmer. So no. I can probably say that for a player who played 90 minutes, who's kind of come back in, he did pretty well, considering he's probably developing, you know, he's probably just washing off a bit of rust as we speak right now. I thought... I think seven's probably fair, probably like the high end of what you deserve, what he deserves. Um, yeah, I don't think he, I don't think he was particularly stretched defensively, and I don't think he was particularly good going forward. But mm. he looked bright, he looked fit, um, he was he was willing, you know, he was he was he was full of running, um, and it's just really nice to have him back. So I think just for the kind of the pleasantness of having what is probably our first choice right-back option back in the squad. I think seven, sir. I'm happy to Mm -hmm. go along with your seven Mm -hmm. and move along to Dominic Iorfa. Dominic Iorfa. I think it's a man of a match performance from Dominic Iorfa. Uh, I'm going to stretch to an 8.5, I think. I had him down to an 8, and I think I'm going to upgrade that. Um, First half, he was fine. I think him and Bernard first half were just effectively doing a job, and I think they were... You know, probably a little bit tested by Matt Smith and some of the other, you know, mm. Millwall attacking options. So it's a little bit tough for them. But second half, they absolutely just, I think both of them just up their game in the second half with some really huge blocks and great work. And you talked about that. Um, he, I think within the space of kind of like three minutes, about 60 second minute, 64 minute mark, I think when I last made my notes, he, I offer just made two absolutely huge kind of bits of defending. Yeah, and he was just fantastic. So I'm, I'm definitely thinking from something we came out of this game, which both of us, I mean, Rich and I were both on uh, Love Sport Radio on Friday nights, just in a very despondent kind of uh, look forward <laughs> to this game. And despite the fact it was a pretty drab game, I really have to give a lot of kudos to this defence, um, to the rear guard, the Dawson and the back four. They've all done exceptionally well to get a clean sheet in this game. And yes. yeah, a huge, huge performance from from Big Dom. I think I think the kind of wobble towards the end 
because we'd had a mad kind of couple of minutes once we got to the 90th minute and then also just completely going to sleep to let Bodfarson. I mean, we laughed at Bodfarson's effort, but that both the centre-backs went to sleep for that chance. Um, I think... So just those little factors for me make Odebajo my man of the match. So I think I'd give I'm gonna give I offer an eight and Odebajo maybe slightly higher. Um, but but it's a okay. close run thing. It's a really mm-hmm. close run thing because as you say, the whole of the back five did a a, 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 a bang up job today, and it's not yeah. their fault that we're you know there was a, there's a there's an air of disappointment and. It has to be said, Smith, Matt Smith is a player that has caused us headaches at several different teams. And the way we handled him, particularly in the second half, is real testament to how good those two are as a centre-back pairing. And in particular, how good Dominic Iolfa is. He's just a joy to watch in that position. There was one moment early on where... um, Smith had kind of got fed up just battering against him for headers. So Smith kind of pulled out of the, he, he sort of faked going for the header so that the ball would run in behind. And he, he was already kind of chasing him behind, not countering in the fact that Dominic Iolfa was quick enough to miss the header, land and get round Smith to tackle him again. It was just gorgeous, a gorgeous moment of, of defending and, just little things, really. Those little, those little moments um, are what what make makes watching him so so pleasant. As, a, as mm-hmm. a, um, Julian Berner, Julian Berner, I've gone for a seven point five. Mm. Um, very good performance. Not quite as good as I offer, um, but he was good. He put himself on the line um, for a couple of not covering anything on the line off yes. the line, but uh, you know, just that really commitment in that moment I talked about where you know, basically kind of was fouled over and then uh, dived and headed away and then just kind of got up and gone on with it and just kind of pushed things forward a bit, you know. Just, it, it's that extra, it's that little bit yeah, extra of just kind was... of pushing something forward. And we have that with a player like him. And yeah, really good to see him back. And especially after, I think he was saying he was pretty shaky midweek. Um, so good to see him back. Glad to see him back to some of his uh, regular standards. So I think he earns a seven point five for me. I think as the other thing with midweek is he didn't look shaky when he was with Iorfa. He looked shaky when he was with Tom Lees, and I do think I just don't want to. I, I we need to stop that being the default to go back to being Tom Lees and 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 Burner. What we need to keep is Iorfa and Burner. You know, in those situations where somebody else gets injured, it should not be Dominic Iorfa losing his spot at centre back. It should be those two other centre back pairing and other people move round. Yeah. That was the big mess up in mid in midweek. It, um, not so. I mean, Burner's had a, had a testing few games, um, in particular the the Blackburn game, but. We need to. They, these two need to play together. They're the they're they're the clear and obvious first choice together. They they make each other better, and that's a great thing because neither of them are as good with Tom Lee's by their side, and Tom Lee's is not as good as either of them. So outside of injuries and suspension, this needs to be what plays. Uh, starts every game and plays every game until something else happens. Please, can we stop experimenting with Tom Lee's? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. 
I'm sorry. But only if you want to see if you can experiment on Tom Lee's to make him uh, a better Sanovac. Yeah. Unless we want to try some crazy three at the back thing. You know, that's the only time he should be getting on the pitch when, when those two are on the pitch. Um, <laughs> uh, Moses Adebayo. Oh, I went for, I think a bit, uh, Moses Adebayo, one of his best games. Um, oh, wow, I've had to, I think I've had to kind of redefine this while we've been chatting. I've gone for an eight. I think that's absolutely fair enough. As I say, it's we're talking fine margins in, during, in a very good defensive performance. Um, mm. I thought, I thought his... Uh, tackle slash clearance where he uh, he he, uh, he injured his bits and bobs was as good as as anything the other two did. Um, he was, seemed to be very you know comfortable going forward and actually just helped us building play time and time again and uh, just really nice to see. I mean, it'd be great if he can follow this up with with other similar performances because yeah, far and away as good as he's looked in a Wednesday shirt playing playing at left back there. Um, Jacob, Jacob Marley, Jacob Murphy. Oh, maybe one of the better of the wingers. I'd probably say I probably went for a seven for him. I thought his uh, deliveries were good. Um, had a decent stint in the game. Yeah, yeah. I'm going for a seven. Fair enough. Okay, here we go. What everybody's been waiting for. Luca's got his fangs drawn, and I'm going to feed him Joey Pelupesi. You know, Pelupesi did had one or two nice moments today. There was a professional foul. He's basting um, the turkey. First half, <laughs> about the six-minute mark. He did a good clearance. I think I'm pretty much getting to the point where I think I want to say, rather thematically, I'm just going to plant my... Just going to really plant this flag in the ground now, Rich. Yeah. I, I think any other centre midfielder would be more effective than Joey Pelopassi. I don't think he was bad today in terms of a rating. Um, I think I'm going to go for a 5.5 out of 10. I'm I'm wondering genuinely, you know, I I feel pretty, I tried to get my energy up for this podcast. Rich and I were mentioning before we did this, we're both feeling a bit lethargic. I'm wondering about sometimes, I, I think it can be probably discussed how in life, there are certain amounts of things you, you do that I drove for two hours midweek. I felt very tired afterwards because literally I'd never driven before and suddenly I'd driven for two hours. It mm. took a lot of attention out of me. I It takes a lot of energy out of me watching Joey Pelopesi in the Sheffield Wednesday midfield. <laughs> um, trying, trying to critically appraise the things that Joey Pelopesi does is draining it's really draining <sighs> to try and think what can we what is he doing like what is like i think so yeah i just genuinely want to say i i want him gone from the club i don't want to see him anymore i'm really hoping that one of his other center midfielders are well and fit and well to come in and replace him next to bannon he just he offers so little like, I I'm wondering. Like, I'm not. It's I'm like not... we having we're having a very industrious midfield that sometimes are frustrating, but they have a lot of touches. They have a lot of drive. Even though today, midfield wise and striker wise, it was a little bit misfiring. It it it's almost a little bit like we were talking about the other week about how I said previously. You know, if I was a Wednesday manager, I would come with some real cash 
much like much like Jos um, Lukai did previously when he played Ross Wallace in a false nine away at Millwall mm. one season. Hilariously, I think it's Millwall. And but I said we could play a four six zero because I don't trust that Jordan Rhodes is going to do anything on yeah. top on his either on his own or with someone else. And I actually think Pelopessi is the midfield equivalent of Jordan Rhodes. Oh wow! Just just uh, yeah, I. I wonder, and I sorry, Luke, I won't do this often for to you, I promise. But I do <laughs> wonder. <laughs> I do wonder if his what he brings to the team is particularly unfriendly for folks watching at home because sure, sure, because it. I, I know it sounds like you're sort of you know I'm talking about. <laughs> As a quantum physics or something like that. But a, a lot of the work he does and a lot of the legwork he does is to block off paths for passes and block spaces. And so by the nature of that work, you never see him doing that because the player has to turn and pick another option. So you, dev- you never see Pelupesi making the interception because the pass hasn't been played. He's visibly kind of blocked that space for the player on the ball. So in terms of watching the game, not, you know, not being there and be able to just take in what you choose to on the pitch... Um, I do. I do think possibly. I'm not going to say he's the the good the second coming or anything like that. But I do think possibly Pelopesi. Your your vision of him is is worse by the nature of the fact that you're you're a remote fan. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I, I, I don't know. I think this is going to be um, wow. This so is well, the I the, thought Pelipesi had a this much is the more beginning, beginning the end of the podcast. Though, let's, let's go. <laughs> I thought Pelipesi had a had a, a fairly effective game today, and okay. of okay. the midfield two, mm-hmm. did his job much better than Barry Bannon would did his job. Okay, um, yeah, but I. Uh, we we dis we disagree. It's fine. It's fun to disagree. Um, Pelupesi, you give him five point five. I'm going to give him six and a half. I'm not gone a huge amount better. So I'm not saying I'm not like shouting from the rooftops about how mm. wonderful Joey Pelupesi was today. Um, we should move along because we can we could spend a lot of time going back and forth on on <laughs> little Joey. Let's move along to little to wee Baz, little Baz, Baz. Baz. Um, let's go for six. Yeah, I. He, I don't know. His this set is, uh... were just dreadful today. The one near the end when everybody had pushed forward, um, and everybody was on the kind of as Bannon looked at the at the 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 penalty area everybody's on the right hand side they're like the the furthest player left was on the penalty was like in line with the penalty spot bannon played it in line with the post the left side post everybody had to move over to try and win the header then the ball came straight back to him and he hit an even worse pass oh he just wasn't having a good day today Bannon is Bannon's a wonderful player. He there's always good stuff, but his game is you know he succeeds or fails, and the team succeeds and fails on what he does with that sort of ten percent ish of possession where it really matters. The ball through to the player, the set pieces, all those moments. And today he didn't make the most of any of those moments that he had. I don't, I don't think mm. he looks lost without Fletcher to play to as well. I think I do think that's a big a loss for him and hopefully 
hopefully he'll strike up a similar, you know, warm relationship with uh, with the con man. <laughs> Wee bears and the con man. Wee bears and the con man. Yeah. Okay. Kadeem Harris. Kadeem Harris. I'm gonna go for six as well. Yeah. I I I, a I can't. A couple of dead crosses. Yeah, that cross was good. That was a good cross. Um, I'm I'm frustrated for him. You know, mm. I I don't know what it is. I don't know how we're gonna. I don't know. He, he, he seems mentally drained. He doesn't seem very fresh. Yeah, he lo- he's lost a bit of kind of pep or zip or one of those words that ends in a P. Yes. <laughs> um, okay, Adam Reach, the second striker. I don't really know what I can say about Adam Reach. Because um, that was the funny thing was like, you know, we, we talked about that. You said at the beginning and um, I know that attacking going forward, it isn't it doesn't really work with him as a second striker, you know, or playing in the hole or whatever you call that, that position. Yeah. But I mean, the weird positive was like, um, it's quite funny. I, I thought he did a better job of Joey Pelopessi and Joey Pelopessi. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and a more kind of action role and just kind of getting back and, and running around the pitch. And he was busy in that. It just, there wasn't a great deal of, yeah. you know, in, in, in a weird way, it's like you don't really want him to do that. You I know, think we should have other players that should be, yeah, this neither isn't what the, I'd asked for him for. Yeah, neither of the front two had the discipline to play their role properly today, I don't think, and it hurt the team. Mm-hmm. They were either on yeah. top of each other or so far apart that they were barely a partnership, and that. It, both of them were guilty of dropping too deep and then not making any attempt to get in or going out to help a winger and again not making any attempt to get into goal scoring positions at one point um reach had the ball in the middle of the pitch harris had made a, a rare dart forward into the into the, the sort of striking position and knew was on the left wing and you're just like in what world are we ending up with the potential for Nuyu to cross the ball to, to Kadeem Harris? It's ludicrous. This is not. This is a system that is not working. If that's what ends up happening, mm. I think Bannon put the ball in in the end, but it, it similarly didn't produce a great result because, uh, funnily enough, Kadeem Harris is not great at winning headers against six foot five centre backs. Yeah, he's almost uniquely unsuited to that job. <laughs> um, what about his strike partner then for you? Uh, so did we, did we give a rating oh, sorry. for each? Sorry. Let's, what, give, what? Let's, let's give him a six. And I mean, yeah. I don't know. Today was a difficult... I mean, it's maybe a, been yeah. a little bit difficult for us as... You know, here at Different Gravy, we are... We're both very Adam and Adam Reach fans. Mm. I mean, I, I kind of said... Uh, this is the interesting thing about the nature of the season. is like, we said in the beginning, we weren't so optimistic. We thought it'd be a mid-table... And yes, it's, it's, it's kind of turning out to be a mid-table finish as it kind of stands. Hopefully. Taking a meandering route there, but it's looking that way. And I mean, it's, it's always the narrative of how you get there, really. Because I mm. mean, we could have we we've so often recently before Christmas we were third. Yeah, and now it looks like we're never going to get back to anywhere near that kind of high remarks. We're what like five. Five, seven points off a player, something like this. Yeah, yes. Uh, after Bristol City won today, so it takes it to around 50 points or around 43, I think it is, something like that. Um, Going to pull it up, So, right. But uh, as part of that kind of prediction, I really thought Adam Reach would have a really good season. Yeah. And it's just been monumentally disappointing. We're big Adam Reach fans. Um, 
I don't know, but there've been there've been other triumphs and other kind of positives. We need to look at those, but it's it's just it's been annoying just seeing yeah. that reach be equally disappointing and not kind of really give us uh, give us anything to really write home about. Well, you know, he's provided so many highlights in miserable times. So you, there's that. We're not getting any of those wonderful goals to to celebrate. Mm. Just pulled out of nowhere. Though that's a that's a huge part of what he brings. But just what what those goals add to the team is has been sorely lost as well. It's uh, normally we, he's been a pretty reliable guy getting to sort of five to ten goals in a season. We'll be lucky if he gets to five this season if uh, at his current rate of of scoring. And mm-hmm. that's a it's a loss. We're not a team that scores lots and lots of goals. So anybody dropping to that extent we'd even miss it if bannon doesn't get his one you know because that tends to be one in a game where we win one nil or draw one one so all all the goals that we can get are useful and uh we re- we are really missing his at the moment uh just to go back to the the um the league as it stands so we are on 43 points and bristol city and sixth are on 50 points so we're yeah seven points off uh, sixth at this point. It's all pretty close. I mean, those Fulham are on fifty two, Leeds are on fifty five. So Leeds are as close to Bristol City in sixth as we are, or closer to Bristol City in sixth than we are um, in eleventh. So yeah, that's fun thing to play with. <laughs> mm. So. Anyway, I don't know. I, I, I think maybe thematically we can kind of jump ahead with this. We can we can go back and finish off these player ratings. But, I mean, I don't know. But we've had a positive, huge positive. The defence, we stopped the rot. We didn't lose at home again. Yeah. Um, we didn't pull out any real horrid clangers in the process. Um, disappointing thing going forward, we were, weren't particularly effective. And this felt like two points dropped, really. Yeah, yeah. After the second half, definitely felt like two points dropped. Yeah, for Mm -hmm. me. So, um, Opta Rich, tell me how, what percentage you knew you atted today? There there was zero atties out of atty today. Wow. Yeah. And how does that translate to a regular out of 10 score for me? (laughs) Uh, Six? I think a six is fair, yeah. Feels a little, a touch generous, to be honest. I, I, I don't think he did very much today, Atty New You. It was, um, it was a very Jordan Rhodes-like performance from Atty New You today. Mm. Yeah, disappointing. I think he's gone from being the quintessential bit part player to now have, having played, started several games in a row, and maybe he's looking even more lethargic. Uh, as a result, as a result of that, um, I mean, you shouldn't, as a professional footballer, need need a rest after playing, you know, not not huge amounts of football. <laughs> but mm. he, he the 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 drop off between the first and second half of his performance against Wigan was massive, and today was a whole game of second half against Wigan where he just just looks a little bit off it. And when he gets the ball, he's more likely to make a mistake than make anything happen. Um, he did have one nice 
ball that he played through for for um, for Forestieri. That's that's the the chance that the shot that Forestieri took when he had lots of better options. And and Atty did a really nice job there, kind of rolled his defender. So maybe maybe there was one new you out of new you, but uh, really grasping at straws to uh, to pick any highlights of his performance. Yeah, should we whip through the subs quickly? Forestieri came on first. Uh, Forestieri, I don't know. Yeah, this is an interesting one. Um, because I felt like you brought up some very good points about uh, Fernando. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I still think it was a very bright substitute performance. It was, yeah. Maybe we could go with a 6.5. Yeah, I'm happy with that. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess another thing was, you know, I, maybe I was a little bit... Uh, he had a couple of chances where he kind of, you know, he floated in to get it on his right foot and just kind of rasped one along the floor. Yeah, I kind of wondered in those situations whether maybe shooting wasn't the best idea. Maybe I don't know, but maybe but that, that was maybe, one of our. It's still maybe for the record books one of the one of our few attempts on target. Yes, exactly. It. That's what I, I was going to say. Yeah, I think I think these two <laughs> shots were the were about the only thing that we got on target. Um, okay, and then what about uh, new boy Da Cruz? I'm gonna go for a seven out of ten. I think he was. Uh... <laughs> I think that's a good good call. He um, he was the, he was a bright both. I think both subs were the bright sparks in the game. Uh, yeah. I, but yeah, Cruz uh, has the uh, you know who knows what's come what's around the corner. But it, um, I wrote down one of my very few notes. I don't I don't tend to make notes when I'm actually watching the match live because um, I don't want to be that guy. Uh, but. One of the one of the very few was that weirdly this game, as everyone knows, uh, different gravy is uh, the only uh, podcast that you know stands on on a on a um, a ruling of a strict strict basis of uh, all Lord Mayor's show all the time. Mm-hmm. That's what we advocate as strongly as possible. Um, this game weirdly was like pre Lord Mayor's show because. <laughs> We've made these great signings and everybody's got a, a slightly lighter mood as a result of making the signings, but obviously neither of them could play today. So it was like pre-Lord Mayor show in that this felt warmer than maybe it should have because it was freezing cold and it was a dreadful game <laughs> and it was nil-nil. But the bright performance from Cruz, having Forestieri back as an option and having uh, Windass and uh, the con man to join us for, for the next game. It all feels like we're maybe on, on uh, the beginning of a bit of a wave of, of positivities. Hopefully that's the lift that everybody needs and we can pick up some performances st- uh, and p- pick up uh, some points in a row, starting with uh, the Dingles next Saturday. Mm-hmm. be nice to go and absolutely do them, wouldn't it? It would indeed. Um, I don't know. How have Barnsley been doing recently? They're still pretty relegation zone I think. Right. And, you know, I'm sure they'll probably be up for it, so it'll be interesting, but... They're, um, they're, sorry, their form over the last six games is exactly the same as ours, but in the wrong order. So, so oh, we're, we're, we're lost, lost, win, lost, lost, draw. They are draw, loss, win, loss, loss, loss. Hmm. <laughs> but it's, it's the same amount of points. It's four points out of the last six games from both teams. But they're yeah they're 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 in they're well and truly in it. Are Barnsley? They're seven points from safety at this point. Interesting. So yeah, I I don't know. I think it's uh, I don't even know. Can I be enthusiastic? Can I be positive? Can I be optimistic? 
I feel let down. I just, I just, I don't want to keep keep my energy level up for this. The thing that's disappointing is like I, I'm disappointed after today that it, it just feels a long time to wait for the next game. You know, it does. Yeah. Anyway. Let's see how it goes. Yeah, but then, uh, as you say, that's a positive in that we get those new players in. We got we've got a, a decent amount of training and planning and all the rest of it. You know, Monk likes to to plan and watch video and all the rest of it. So, uh, having a week to go through all those those motions, hopefully, we'll 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 see a real positive result from it. Uh, well, there we go. That's a, a vaguely positive note to end things on, isn't it? I guess. <laughs> Oh. oh, we shouldn't do the sigh, right? Let's. I'm going to say cheerio. We're going to go back to that positive, not the sigh. The positive bit is where it all finished. Cheerio. Yay. Yay. <laughs>